So it's very easy to get a title. Today you can buy a title. It's easily available off the rack. But the point is, are you actually contributing to the title in any way or form? Whether that means that you are constantly working towards your craft, whether it is about you know showing up every single day or every single week uh, without faltering uh, the schedule of it. I'm not saying you can't have bad days, but I'm saying do you still show up despite the bad days? Hey everybody, welcome to the So Damn Productive podcast. I'm Arman and on this show, dude, we talk to some of India's most productive people and ask them how the hell they do it. And today I'm joined by the one and the only Kubra Said. She's an actor, she's an anchor, and I guess you could say she's an influencer. And you most probably know her from her role as Cuckoo on Sacred Games. And I really think you're going to love this conversation because Kubra is seriously just one of us. Her story is literally our story. She started as an employee at Microsoft, if you can believe it, and decided she hated it and made the bold move to leave everything, her comfortable job, and move to Bombay. And on this episode, we dive deep into exactly how she became a household name out of nowhere. We talk about the habits that allow her to work seven days a week, 365 days a year. And we talk about how she performs on the days when she doesn't feel so good. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kubra Said. Hey Kubra, thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. Thank you so much, man. You pursued and pursued and you pursued till I couldn't say no anymore. <laughs> and no, and, and, and you are very enterprising. I even wrote that to you on email. You're just, you're just really like, you're not persuasive in the annoying way. You're just persuasive in the very innovative way, which is really nice. And it's, <laughs> and it's really heartwarming. So I was like, no, man. Don't be an asshole. Just go ahead and do this. <laughs> you know, that's, that's something I always worry about. I'm like, dude, am I being an asshole? Am I pissing this person off? But I'm glad to know it didn't piss you off. No, it didn't. Not at all. I found it very endearing. I found it extremely heartwarming. And, and also, like, the requests were heartfelt. They were personal. And it shows the kind of person you are on the other end. Like, I felt I knew you even before I did this interaction because I've never interacted with you, right? Mm-hmm. This is the first time we're interacting, but I felt I knew you. It's, it's just the way you wrote your emails and the kind of effort you took to write the emails that I was interested in. What exactly does he want to ask me? So I was like, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> so let's get into the questions then. Uh, so I, I wanted to start with this and, and I found it really interesting that you said this. You know, I, I heard in an interview, you said, um, I always wanted to be famous. And I think that's really cool because, you know, a lot of people think that, but not a lot of people actually come out and say it. And, um, you know, looking at your career from all the research and reading and all this kind of stuff I've done, um, it, it seems like there's two distinct areas, right? And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's the, the struggle, there's the working at Microsoft, there's the working at the cookie store, moving to Bombay and actually like, trying to make a name for yourself, not having a name, versus where you actually have a name now, right? Like now you, mm. can, you can say you're, you're pretty fucking famous. Like, ah. 
<laughs> I know it must be cringy for you to hear, but um, do you, is there is there like do you have a preference for the phase of life that you preferred more? Like, did you prefer the struggle, or do you kind of you like where it is now? Ooh, so that's a really layered question for me, right? So let's begin with the fact that it's out there that I said I wanted to be famous. I don't think I really understood um, the gravity of the word fame. Uh, more importantly, I thought that was the only reason why I was moving to Mumbai because it was out of the ordinary, out of the mundane that I was already doing. I mean, technically for um, a middle-class family, Muslim girl who lives in Dubai, who found a job at Microsoft is quite famous within the circle itself, right? Like that circle, that community, you're like, oh my God, you know, so-and-so's daughter works at Microsoft. Um so that itself is of some value. But then when you decide to leave a so-called comfortable job and decide to go into the arts and the entertainment, I think the only thing that you are kind of measured by is the fame or the, uh, or, or the meter by which how many people know you, irrespective of what you are doing. So I think in that naivety, I said, I want to be famous. I didn't know the, I didn't know probably even the meaning of the word, you know, or, or what it would bring to me, uh, or, or what would be the responsibilities that are associated with it. So, uh, you know, it was more like, oh, okay, cool. There comes the ball, smack it out of the park. You sound cool. Say you, you want to be famous. I don't even think I wanted to be an actor. It was my friend back in, you know, back at home in Dubai. Uh, and I still call it home because, I believe I found my wings there. I found a bit of my personality there because I was all by myself. Um, I remember them saying, uh, oh, you're going to Bombay, right? So now you're going to be like, oh, star. Oh, you're going to become a star. Nobody ever said I'm going to become an actor. Nobody ever said I'm going to do a good job in the field of arts. It was always like, oh, no, star. You're going to be famous. So I think that was the psyche that I came with to Bombay. Uh, or Mumbai, as uh, it's known. But I think um, that slowly started to change when you uh, realize that there is a huge divide between being popular and being famous. And I don't think I'm famous, but I've definitely crossed over the popularity line. And I think I have kind of understood and been able to gauge this. Am I still going to be famous? Yes, I will. <laughs> but, uh, but am I there yet? No. And I'm very happy with where I am right now. And I think that's uh, the final word in, uh, I mean, towards the question you asked me. So no, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, oh, I choose, I, I would rather prefer that life vis-a-vis -vis this moment. That, no, I think I have, loved and experienced every bit of the journey and I have I think at some level been able to look at it at different like you know it's like looking at the whole factory and then you know pointing out the different parts and being like ah okay now I understand every like every bit of it is important for the final product so I think I'm really enjoying every bit of this journey at the moment so if if the perception is that I'm famous then well, good for you. Uh, I'm very happy. Um, if you think, uh, oh, I don't know who the fuck you are. Okay, no problem. I'm happy with that too. So I'm very happy with where I am at the moment. So like, 
I, I think that's that's very cool. And and I want to get into your struggle a little bit. You know, the earlier stages, maybe, maybe we don't call it a struggle, whatever it is, yeah. the journey, right? Like, but what does it feel like to be, you know, and let's let's use the word popular, right? Like, what are the kind of you know good sides to it? You know, there's probably a lot of good, you know, you get more opportunities. What you say has more value to it in, in the sense that more people listen to it, right? Versus I'm sure there's also like, you know, sometimes where you just you just want to go out and be like, dude, nobody knows me. I just want to put a hoodie on and, and be invisible, right? Like I used to be. Uh, so can you kind of get into that? Because I've never really like learned about that. I think there's only a human aspect to it because um, when you go out there and start living other characters, people start disassociating you as a person and start believing the characters. So they don't give a shit if Kubra is having a good day or a bad day. They don't give a shit if, um, you know, if, if, if Kubra is a good person or a bad person. Like, like, like the, the audience doesn't care. What they do care is about, what, do they, what, what they do care about is the association that they have with the character that I play. So they want the character and the vehicle who played the character to be accessible to them the whole time. And then there are times when, uh, you know, you just want to be oblivious. But then there are times when, uh, you know, I am wearing the proverbial hoodie that you were speaking of. And then I'll <laughs> So there are days, you know, it, it's like, um, I, I think that stems from the fact that I've been a host for so long. And there is a sense of instant gratification that just comes with it. You know, you're on stage and you're saying good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and you're saying clap your hands and people are clapping and people, you know, you try to kind of, uh, you know, uh, ground them with probably something smart or wise and then they get grounded and then, you know, you are like playing with their emotions in real time. Uh, I'm not saying that you are being deceiving, but I'm saying in the most genuine way, you are literally commanding for their uh, response and uh, you see that happening very easily on stage so then that element of you kind of sticks with you and then you want to take that instant gratification after this job is done um, onto the street like I think I get really excited when people talk about work that is not that famous like um, I think uh, the first show that I ever did was going viral and it would automatically bring a smile on my face when someone would say, oh, I watched Going Viral and you're so good in it. <gasps> Thank you. Like, it just makes you so happy to speak about the not-so-popular work as well. Um, but then there are things that, you know, people have just seen, so they share it with you. Just, just You know, you're try they're trying to scratch, like, the uncomfortable surface, and you're just like, yeah, where is that hoodie? I want to disappear. Like, I want to leave you to, like, stick with your stupidity right now. Like, like I just want I, to leave. I want to hear, like, what are some examples of that? So, I don't know, like, okay, there's this one job that I did ages ago. Uh, it's on YouTube, and it has, I think, I, I don't know, the last time uh, I probably checked, which was a while ago, it was about 6 million views. How did we get 6 million views? I have no idea, all right? But it's a short film called Texas. It's not my favorite work. I don't even think I was anywhere close to being an actor in that job. I was being me. I was laughing in the middle of 
my scene. I was not being see anything that is done with a bit of authenticity. You can sell. You know it's believable. But in that job, I was not believable. So it's not about oh my god, it's called sex tech or you know tech sex or it's like got me in my blue bra. No, that's not the point. The point is that I don't feel authentic doing that job. And now you know people go like oh, yeah, I saw that you know you are like in a short film something some sex yeah yeah oh god I'm just like first of all you don't know what the hell it's called secondly I know you're doing this for a reaction so I'm not interested in like having this conversation with you so even that happens you know and I think it's the there is like a bane and there is a boon of being in the position that you are which is the entertainment business the minute people know a little bit about you they try to you know outweigh you in either end so you're like oh fine all right go ahead <laughs> it's your field day enjoy i'm an optimist yeah uh i i guess i i never thought about it like that and you know you said something interesting uh just then and you also said something interesting <laughs> always I always non stop so <laughs> so smart <laughs> Um but you so you said this on on Sanjay's podcast as well where you said like you know you didn't feel like an actor until after Sacred Games but I want I want to ask you dude because I I kind of struggle with this question and I think a lot of listeners will struggle with this question where let's say you start a business or you're starting a podcast or you're starting YouTube whatever it is right um I think there's some merit in calling yourself a podcaster because if you say you're a podcaster then you you adopt the habits that a podcaster would do right i have to be here every single week i have to do my research i have to write whatever it is right so there's merit in putting that mindset but then there's also that like you know that delusion when people put ceo of xyz business and they haven't done anything right so i think there's like a struggle in my head between like and i think a lot of people's head who are listening like how do you kind of differentiate between that and how did you differentiate between that no see i love the comparison that you made you know about entrepreneurs having you know a title attached to themselves it's very easy to get a title today you can buy a title it's easily available off the rack but the point is are you actually contributing to the title in any way or form whether that means that you are constantly working towards your craft whether it is about you know showing up every single day or every single week uh without faltering uh the schedule of it i'm not saying you can't have bad days but i'm saying do you still show up despite the bad days you know are you committed to it are you willing to take criticism are you willing to grow from the criticism i think that is what eventually distinguishes you from a title to actually uh performing uh you know uh the duties associated with the title and um i believe as an actor you are constantly shifting that you know uh because no two characters should ideally be the same i mean you know you would have tons of people playing the role of a mother uh, or the hero's best friend or the leading lady's best friend but then what is it that is special or unique about this friend which isn't about the other friend that you played uh i remember when i did uh uh when i played the part of a maid in my first film ready people were like that's it you're you're fucked that's it now you are only going to get you know roles of maid and i promised to god i never received that and today you see um, two of the most 
uh, interesting ventures that have taken place in Netflix itself in the in in the form of uh, short films. Um, the Bhumi Padnekar film, where she plays a house help, a domestic help, uh, or three actually, Tilotama Shah playing uh, a help in a house in the film Sir, or you have Nushad Barucha playing a help, you know, in the recent um, anthology of films. At the end of the day, when you look at the job that you are, you know, the the, the character that you're playing as as a character alone, I don't think you you look at you know oh now this is going to stereotype me oh my god how am I going to do this the whole idea is what is it that you can bring to it that humanizes that character you know and I think the more and more humanity and the less and the less judgment that you bring to that character the better it uh, you know allows itself to bloom you know. It, it's just about tending it right. It's about caring for that character just the right amount. And then you will see that it has its own life. And then it's not yours. Then it is the person who's receiving it because it's been written well, it's been performed to the best of your ability. And then it's out there in the universe. And the whole point is, even if it is uncomfortable, even if it is uh, not known to you even if it is extra you know I mean if you feel it's extra to you or if it is doesn't represent who you are as an actor if you can imbibe it believe in it don't judge it and go put it out there I think your job is done and I think that is what makes makes you different and and then that's the showing up you know, I think that's what's important. Otherwise, I think anybody can do this job because all of us have the emotions in us, right? There's nothing in the world. I mean, right now, considering the fabric of the world that we're living in, all of us are feeling grief, even if we haven't lost someone close to us. So we all have emotions. We have grief, we have sorrow, we have joy, we have happiness, we have the sense of being sarcastic. We do have the sense of, you know, teasing someone, poking someone. We just have all these things. But how do you put them all in a character and bring that character to life? And it's got nothing to do with who you are as a person. But whatever you have learned, you put it in that character. And be okay with the fact that you will fail. You know, it's like you showing up for how many ever years you've been doing this. And you know that your first five, 10, 15, I don't know, 20 podcasts were not to your satisfaction, but you showed up and you did it and you got better every single time. And I think that's what's important. I don't know. Did I answer your question or did I get digressed? You, you, we, we went all over the place, but I like it. I like it. Okay. Sorry, um, yeah. No, but you, you did answer my question in the sense that you're, what I'm taking away from it is if you show up then you are what you say you are. Like, as long as you're just not bullshitting yourself, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's easy to bullshit ourselves. Like, we, we can say whatever, yeah. we can put whatever out there. But if you show up, that that is you. Can you, like, how do you... And I, I imagine for an actor, it's it's very tough, right? Even for, for me as a podcaster, it's tough. But anything where you're kind of... You're trying to be an exaggerated version of yourself or, or, or put yourself in somebody else's shoes, right? It's if you feel like shit, right? Like if, if I today was feeling sick or 
lethargic or, you know, I had a bad day yesterday, whatever it is, right? It's tough for me to come in full energy, like, you know, maybe make a joke or, or be myself, right? How, how, have you, how do you show up on, on days when you, you know, you just feel awful? Like if, you've gone, if you go into the set and you're like, I do not feel like this, how do you kind of hype yourself up to get into it? Oh, music helps. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, music helps. Music helps. It really does. Um, meditation helps. Uh, uh, I like just centering myself because I don't think um, when you have to show up at work, anybody's really interested in your personal drama. So it's really important that you bring um, not the version that's favorable to other people, but more importantly, uh, a professional version of yourself at the end of the day. You know, just because I'm having a bad day, I can't just show up at work and make everybody else's day miserable. So I think music helps, meditation helps, good food helps. I don't mind like chomping down a whole bar of chocolate if necessary. Um, yeah, just do what it takes. Sometimes just take a smoke break in the middle and it's okay to not be okay. You know, that's something that needs to be, you know, just because I'm having an imperfect day doesn't mean that uh, I'm a person who needs to be cancelled or uh, ostracized. You know, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just having a bad day. And I think every human being in the ecosystem that you live in should be okay with that. I should be okay not being okay and somebody else should be okay not being okay. We're, we're human beings. And I think when you have the trust and freedom to speak about it to the people you trust, especially, you know, with our work, um, we tend to interact with so many different people. Uh, no two sets are the same. No two co-actors are the same. No two directors are the same. But just if we can create this overall um, place of work that is acceptable, that's inclusive, that's okay. And as far as you know, you're being true to yourself in this in the moment, like saying, okay, I know I'm going through a bad day, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to be professional. I'm not going to get in there because I'm having a bad day and throw tantrums and spoil the decorum of the situation. I think, I think that's very important. And like, so you, you, I want to get into music, I want to get into meditation, but how are there, is there anything else that you do to make sure that you're consistently having good days? Because a thing I think about a lot, and I talk about a lot on the show with, um, you know, guests who come on, is that again, everybody says the same thing, it's consistency, show up, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going, right? So how... And I've, I've also heard you say, like, you're a workaholic. You can work seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? Like, that's not easy. Like, it's not easy to have that energy every single day. I know we all have bad days, but most of the time you're, you're expecting yourself to, to have that energy. So is there anything, like, you do, like, maybe habits, routines, um, that make sure you're consistent? Oh, okay. So what do I do? Uh, I do have meditation as a part of my routine. Uh, I wasn't... Uh... Uh, into it, uh, I think until two years ago, but like it's been two years that I've been consistent with it. And it's really important to be consistent. It's really important that you even show up uh, to center yourself every day. It's not just showing up at work, but also like these habits. Um, the other thing that I take a lot of joy in sharing is my uh, gratitude jar. The little things that make me happy go into a gratitude jar. Uh, what else makes me happy? My cat. Uh, makes me really happy. So I'm going through a shitty day, just scrolling down the pictures and finding my cat makes me happy. Uh, so whatever, you know, 
makes that shift of state go ahead access it you know these are little stimuli that help you you know go past the 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 state that you're in into another state automatically um i have this friend of mine who says this and i think i do it uh it was really funny because i heard it in his podcast but i do this and he says be a love sniper so sit far away and just snipe love at people and you see how happy it makes them like just the joy that it brings to their face you know it 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 kind of transcends onto your state yourself so just do those things just be the love sniper um read a happy book um you know uh go through a happy cartoon that makes you know kind of like take your mind away from where you are at the moment uh and i don't mean that in an escapist uh, uh for my genuinely mean that you know uh you 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 try your best to get out of because you know the state is in serving you and i think if you make these habits you know of constantly connecting with the happy state which is yours in general you know when when you aren't uncomfortable being yourself that's a good state to be in so when you are unhappy you're still irked when you are very happy also you can feel the difference in your heartbeat so it's just being that center i think coming back to that center is really really important i think i try to do these little things that bring me back to the center Dude, I want to go into so many things there, but I I need to ask about this love sniper thing. So, what what is it exactly? You just like shout something across the room that's nice to somebody else? You can shout. I don't think it, the whole idea of the sniper is to be hidden. Okay. <laughs> you know, so you can like so I remember um there were these uh there was this group of people who had made origami hearts mm. and just dropped it on different tables in restaurants. or like park benches or wherever and somebody would find it and then you open it and there's a note of gratitude written on it or a, a compliment that was written on it and literally you don't know where it came from but it brought a smile to your face like immediately you know it's like uh i hope you're having a blessed day today uh thank you so much for you know picking up this heart i hope you can give this love to someone else today you know just inspiring other people to do good things uh or happy things it reminds them that that is their state and uh i think when we mean uh be a love sniper it means to say that you know you're sitting anywhere and you know you just do an act of kindness like i think that's what most of us are doing right now in the time of covid right like i don't need to go and tom tom off roofs that i've helped this one i've helped that one just sit there kindly do your work and move on you know and the joy that it brings to know that you've done something for someone who doesn't even know that you did it brings you joy that's awesome that that's 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 really awesome i i haven't heard that before and i i think that's really big because again also i think this a lot like i feel you know i feel fucking selfish you know i feel every day is like you know and i feel i think a lot of people feel the same way it's like me 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 nonstop like what am i going to do like how am i going to be successful you know it's it's like non fucking stuff it's like dude just chill out <laughs> and i a lot of people that i that i've heard from who've come on the podcast as well or you know i've listened to it's like 
if you focus on on delivering value, like you just said, delivering happiness or whatever you know it is in terms of value, you know you will end up being more successful because you're you're just radiating good energy and you're giving yourself good energy as well. So I think that's that's super powerful, dude. And I, I want to get into this gratitude jar because I've heard it before, but I, I want to know like what is it like? Why does it bring you value? And, and how exactly do you use it? Do you write something in every single day, or is it like? once a week how, how does it work i don't have a schedule to it sometimes it could be as mundane as i finished work early today and i played with chief for 15 minutes it's as simple as that mm. but just put that in the gratitude jar forget about it and then as you were saying hey you may have a shit day go back to the gratitude jar shuffle it up pick a pick a note that you wrote handwritten note and then you'll find a little note on it like i remember I found, uh, you know, uh, I was in an, in this interview and I picked up this note and it said "Sign Sacred Games," and it just brings you so much joy because you. Why do you feel like sad, upset, or shifted? It's because you don't value yourself enough that day or in that moment, and then you find something that shows that you are valuable. Maybe not right now, but you are of value. You are. There is something about you that's important that you need to exist. That you are. worthy that 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 your presence is important in this world not not because it's me 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 but because hey you know you're that cog in the wheel you're important and you don't have to feel this way so you read that note and it just uplifts your spirit and i think it's really important and and it's funny because it's nobody else's life it's your own life yeah i finished reading a book today put that down like you know I wrote. I I read this book. Like when I returned from uh, uh, the first lockdown, when I returned from Ireland, I was so grateful to have been back at home, safe, no quarantine here, no quarantine there. And I put that in my uh, gratitude jar. I I was happy to be home. I was safe. I was in my home. And then one day, I don't know which day, but then you know you will be like, oh, it's a shit day. So then you go pick up one, and you're like, I'm home. What else do I need to ask for? You know, it kind of outweighs the moment where you aren't happy with yourself. And I think that's why the gratitude jar helps, and it's so simple, like really so simple. When when did you when did you start doing it, and and why did you start doing it? My mom brought it to my attention. Uh, so my mom brought this uh, gratitude job when she was traveling, uh, and she has one. My brother has one. I don't think my brother practices it though. Uh, um, but my mom, I think she does. I'm not sure, but I do. <laughs> she brought it, and I know I do. <laughs> I think she does too. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, she brought it for me, and then it's been at home and. Uh, I think 2015, 16. Since then, yeah. Awesome. And you've been doing it for like five or six years, so clearly it's super powerful. Um, it is super powerful. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, I, I wanted to get onto a few things. I'm I'm kind of gonna you know switch topics here, but yeah. I wanted to ask you about like focus because the other thing that really made me curious about you was. You know, you were you were an anchor, and you were doing a great job with that. You were growing in that space, and then you got some acting jobs, and then you got Sacred Games, and that grew as well. So I I I want to ask you from like a a thought perspective level on on like focus, 
right? Because if you're trying to be good at something so big like acting, that's like a full-time gig. That's like a full life thing, right? And also anchoring, it's its own thing. Like that involves super, you know, a lot of attention to keep growing in that. And I think that parallels to like what a lot of us want to do in terms of, you know, there, there's so much opportunity, whether you want to start a podcast, whether you, you want to, you know, have a full-time job and start a business on the side, right? There's so many opportunities that we kind of put our focus all over the place. How did you like, how did you manage that, that kind of question in your head where it's like, how much energy do I put to one side and how much energy do I put to one side to, to kind of grow in both? Or, or do you think you should focus on one at a time? I think you answer the question because it seems like you had an insight into my journey. Uh, it's funny uh, because no, I was focused, really, really focused on when I said anchoring, I wanted to be the best anchor. Like it, I wanted to do it so effortlessly that I could do it in my sleep. I wanted to be so good at it and yet make sure every, diff like every show that I went to make it a bit different personally, because I was very cool. But then I think at one point it just became so repetitive that this is my standing joke to my own self in my own head. I would open my door, come back home after a gig and say, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, to my cat. I'm like, dude, I have lost it. I have fucking lost it. And that's when I started diverting my time towards acting, towards storytelling. And literally, I walked up to Rosh on a bus and I said, Rosh, I, 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 I'm tired of saying good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm exhausted. Because it's just a different stage, new clothes, but it feels like the same audience over and over again. And I don't feel like I'm growing anymore. And the minute I felt stifled in a place, I said, I need to do something else. That's when I started diverting my time because I felt my time was my greater resource, not the money. So that's when I started looking at acting. So I said, okay, how much money do I need to pay off my bills to take care? So I looked at myself as a business project. It's pretty similar to what I did uh, when I was at Microsoft as well. While I knew I was working there and doing my thing, uh, for a while, um, three years of my life, I started diverting time, you know, over the weekends to host events just so that I can do something and feel good about myself. I knew I was doing something different that was for myself and it wasn't mundane. So similarly, when I tried to shift focus in terms of acting, so I started diverting time towards uh, auditions, trying to get them. I started saying no to gigs when I had acting work although I was getting paid significantly less than acting. I was like, no, this is my job. This is my commitment. This is what I'm going to do. And as far as acting is concerned, I'm only two and a half, three years old. So I want to give this 10 more years till I know that I'm, I am doing a job sincerely and I'm not faking it. I'm still learning on this job. So I still want to get better and better and better at this. And that's only going to happen when I invest all my energies towards it. Am I getting the opportunities? Yes. Am I grateful for them? Yes. And, and I, am, I, am I trying to push myself one step forward with every opportunity? Yes. Can I guarantee the outcome? No. But am I going to play on every opportunity I get? Yes. So I think that's what it is mm. uh, for me personally. Right. And it's funny, Roshan Abbas keeps popping up in these conversations. Last, I love him, man. Last week it was Everybody with Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn more about him. Um, oh, you must. I mean, there's so much to learn about him. So much. 
Mm, I, I gotta look like, into it. Yeah, Roshba has been every blooming MCs, uh, actors, uh, creative persons go to. Uh, he, he's a mecca of of knowledge. You can just go knock, and you will get an idea. Uh, when everybody else is thinking what to do, he's doing what you're thinking. So mm. there is something really unique about him, and he is really focused and determined. And he's at this space of such constant happiness with himself that it's what we were talking about. When you are in a state of stillness and joy and appreciating what you have, I think you automatically overflow with that and you share the same with the rest of the universe and that's then the impression that people start having about you mm, yeah because cyrus saukar came on the show last week and he said the exact same thing it's like you know something about him his energy and yeah. i want to get into that that um you know he's in a constant state of execution but i want to ask you first like you're starting from scratch and acting obviously you've been doing it for two to three years right but when, whatever skill it is right whatever skill maybe it's next um how do you get better at something and how do you consistently approach growing at something when you're starting from zero i think the first uh, idea is that you are prepared to fail uh at least for me you know you're not going to like walk in there i mean it could happen that you walk in there and you know you belt the ball out of the park possible but if you don't you don't beat yourself up for it and you are willing to give yourself another chance that's one two you prepare well before you go into the batting field you know into the fields to face the ball so you prepare yourself uh and i think three is uh for me especially has been don't try to weigh your opportunities based on what other people think you know like oh my god you really wanted to do this it's so small like we oh, wanted to do that so... or like i mean you know don't don't judge yourself or your decisions based on what people think do it for yourself and as far as you can justify it for yourself you're sorted man I think it helps you move forward in life with your head held high. The minute you start pitting your decisions based on how somebody else is going to perceive it, first step towards doomsday. Like I remember since we mentioned Cyrus in this, I love Cyrus. Like I love him dearly. And I remember standing outside the gym one day and I was like, man, you know, I'm kind of stuck. And this is the same time when I was going through the rut of the events business going like, Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And I said, Saru, I don't understand, man. I'm doing the same kind of stuff every day. And he looked at me and he said, but why are you looking at yourself like you're here to run the sprint? You're not. You're here to run the marathon. So just run the marathon. No? Run it at your own speed. And you'll get there. And I don't think a greater cloud of fog cleared off from my head. in that moment sometimes you don't need a profound guru to tell you something you just need another human being who's in the same situation as you to tell you man it's okay can you chill the fuck out <laughs> you're not doing anything right but you're not just certainly not doing anything wrong and just keep walking just keep going through this path and i think it it kind of helps wow that's yeah i think looking at it 
me, me and Cyrus talked about this as well, like looking at it from the perspective of, of 10 years, 20 years, right? Let's say this podcast goes really badly or, or any other podcast goes really badly, right? It's just one out of a 10 year program, right? Exactly. So it's not that it's not important. It's that it doesn't have to screw you over if it doesn't work out, right? Um, but, and you know that if it's consistently screwed up, then you better go find yourself another job. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you say, I'm going to do this, come what may, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this for as long as I have the opportunity to do this, right? And as many times the opportunity presents myself, I'm going to do it with all my heart. It doesn't go right. You know it's not meant for you. You need to have the wisdom as well to know that, hey, I'm running out of fuel. I'm running out of steam. I need to try something else. I'm trying to play myself like i'm trying to fool myself i'm trying i'm trying to play down my you know motivation i'm trying to play down my excitement to do this maybe i'm not meant to do this even that wisdom arises but you need to see it and you need to be critical enough to see it yourself if you don't have the wisdom to see it yourself you should have people who will uh be your sources your trusted source to tell you listen man <laughs> Just stop doing this and, and, and try something else. You, know? you need to have that kind of feedback as well. Unfortunately, as human beings, you're so wired at some level to only hear good fucking things about ourselves. And when we don't hear good things, you're not my friend anymore. You don't give a shit about me anymore. No, I, I genuinely think you need to do something else in life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm okay to hear that. I'm mm -hmm. absolutely okay to hear that. Um, I did not know the A of acting uh, when, when I started doing this job. Uh, but when I tasted it, I was like, oh, wow. This is the moment where I need to build from. Not my previous stuff that someone said, oh, wow, we saw it six million times. No, 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 no. I don't care how many times somebody watched something. That was not important. Even if you saw something once. And it did something to you. Uh, that is the moment I need to build from. And that could happen whenever in life. But you need to know that. Like, for example, I, I, I did give it my all at Microsoft. But three years later, I was like, I don't know why they got me on this job. I don't know why I'm on their payroll. I, you know it yourself. Now, if I was prude enough to stick around there because my salary was good or because it brought my you know, my family, uh, a name or, you know, it, it put me on a pedestal. Wow. Dubai, Microsoft. Wow. Then I would stick there and be miserable. So why do you want to stick in a particular job? Why do you want to be in a particular situation? I think that explains, uh, you know, the, the chart of growth that you have in it as well. So you have to, you have to like shit or get off the pot, right? Like you have to, yeah, you, have to you have to fucking do it. Like you just got to go. But like, you see, that, that, that's the thing. And, and I'll, I'll speak from, from a perspective of myself and, a, and as a listener who is in your same shoes, right? It is like, if, if you, if you fuck it up, right? Like you don't have a safety net, but at the same time, you, you're craving that, like you want that. See, see, for, for me, and I think for a lot of listeners who, who've reached out to me, it's like, you know, if I, I go do that thing that I wanna do, it's, 
I probably lose my apartment because my salary goes half, right? I gotta live with my parents and I can't stand my parents, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I do hear this stuff. So like, how did you kind of frame that in your head? Because you go to Bombay, it's expensive as hell to live there, right? Like, that's a big thing to do. How did you kind of internalize it in your head? Oh, I actually saved for a year. So I went through the misery for mm. a year. Mm. But I saved my money for a year. And I said, I'm going to give myself a six-month blanket. So my, my whole idea was that, so, so when we were speaking about struggle, right? Right in the beginning, I, I didn't have a struggle because I had, you know, made up my mind that I'm not going to live, uh, you know, below a certain expectation. I'm not going to like eat below a certain expectation. I'm not going to travel below a certain expectation. I'm going to do this for myself. And while I do all of that, do I have enough money? Okay, great. So then work your ass off right now. Save that money. So then you're not running into a situation where you're beating yourself up for the decision that you've made. Did I end up using my entire safety net? No, but, you know, because I started chasing what I wanted almost immediately because there was a level of interest there. And the minute I started working towards it, one opportunity replicated itself into another and another and another and another. Uh, I think in about six to eight months after moving into Mumbai and taking up my first apartment, which was on the 7th of April, 2010, which makes it 11 years, um, I, was, I, I was getting these jobs. Like my mom shared with me the poster of Ready and the music released on, I think, the the 10th or the 3rd of June, 2011, which makes it 10 years. So 10 years ago, I did my first one. And I swear to God, like when somebody, like when I got a call and said, oh, yes, you're on the show. <laughs> what is wrong with you, really? <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> I'm a month old in Mumbai and I'm doing a who Salman Khan. Wow. <laughs> It is what it is, right? And it's not like I ever... And I tomped on the film, man. I wore it like a gold fucking badge. I believed in it. I don't give a shit if someone else believed in it or not. I believed in it. And I was like, dude, this is the way I'm going to crack it into this industry. I don't care what you think. This is how I'm going to do it. So then I did it. And then it's okay. People thought it was like the worst idea. I don't think it was a bad idea at all. Mm. I think it was a, it was wise. It is what led me to where I am today. It got you like, and I, I guess also that thing of being comfortable in front of the camera, right? Like that's probably the most, the biggest challenge that you got to get over first. And you who's going to teach you that? Exactly. Who's going to teach you yeah. that? Right? Like, for example, I find it extremely hard to record a reel. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. really tough. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. Do I want to like kill myself and invest my energy to do what like I don't know, like a million people out there are doing? No, I'd much rather conserve that energy and do something else. My brother does it so well. I'm envious of the fact that he can just look at his look at his camera and just rattle out lines. I'm so impressed with that, with that ability of it. I can't do it. Like you pick up the phone and speak to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Didi. I'm just editing a video right now. How? <laughs> and there's music and there's a swish and a swash and a this and a that. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> How do you do it? 
So there would always be something in somebody that you don't know, but it makes you go like, wow, that's enough. You don't need to do what everybody else is doing eventually in life. You do what you're good at and get better at what you're good at. I think that's what's important. Do you, do you think, oh, sorry, sorry, cut you off. Do you, do you think that um, that is what separated you? Because there's, you know, millions in Bollywood trying to do what you've done, right? There's, there's millions trying to do that. Nobody, not many get their first job within a month, right? That's really tough. Is, do you think it's that you just said, you know, fuck it, like, I'm going to just do whatever comes to me that yeah. made you have that career and, and, and just not like giving a shit, just keep going? I don't know if that was the entire reason to it. But it mm-hmm. definitely was, uh, uh, what is that word? Um, it was definitely, uh, you know, uh, it's a part of the simulation, mm. 100%. Definitely a part of the simulation. I don't know if that was the sole factor. Mm. But I think I believe, when I recognized it, I was like, ah, the whole idea that I don't give importance to oh, this is big opportunity vis-a-vis small opportunity, vis-a-vis big director, small director, this, that. You are here to do a job and do it. Like today, for example, I would be like, um, no, that's not adding value to my life. But when I started off, everything was adding value to my life. Why shouldn't I do it? Today, I would be like, no, sorry, I don't want to do this particular part. I don't want to do this particular job. And that's fine. But when I was starting off, Every job I did was adding value to my life. Even today when I work, for example, I have a tiny bit in uh, tripling season two. I did it because I, I am a, I'm, in, I'm a fan of the franchise. I'm a fan of Sumit Liyad. I'm a fan of Amol Parashar. I'm a fan of, fan of Samir. I'm a fan of Mandi. I wanted to work with them. Who cares how big my part is? I enjoyed just being in their company. I enjoyed learning from that experience, from learning from those people, how fluid they are. I mean, those guys have sat there and, you know, like absorbed these characters over the years that they've played it. I, it was phenomenal for me to just go there, learn and be that person with them. And I think that's really important that you put yourself in situations that are unknown to you. I mean, I think that's why I climb mountains. That's why I raft rivers. That's why I jump off planes. That's why I dive. That's why I do these things. Because I enjoy uh, the uncertainty that, that, that's, that's associated with it. I enjoy it. Well, what does it feel like to skydive? Like, I, I, I've always wanted to do it. Like, oh, what's, what's that feeling? of? Or have you skydived or bungee jump? I know you've bungee jumped in the past. I've bungeed, yeah. I've bungeed and skydived. Uh, bungee is scarier than skydiving because bungee you're standing by yourself and you must be an absolute idiot to jump off a building (laughs) (laughs) absolutely retarded i don't understand why would anyone want to do that uh but uh yeah so that's definitely scarier than skydiving because skydiving you're still doing it tandem Mm. And I have no intention of going and, you know, learning how to skydive on my own. No. Right. I wanted to do it once for the experience, and I'm very happy uh, doing that uh, once for myself. It's less scarier because you have somebody in your head. You know, the person who's behind you is talking inside your head saying, okay, now, smile, smile, come on, big, wide, smile, smile. And you're like, Whoa. you know, <laughs> like 15,000 feet up in the air. <laughs> 
and your like cheeks are like like flapping you know and you're like <laughs> right and it's okay and 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 i think that's a great experience too uh and then eventually the parachute opens up and then you're just like and and then the guy behind you is like look look there it is there it is the palm this that world and you're like wait what Ah, and there's a sense of calm in you. You know what I mean? But bungee jumping is too quick, man. Like I remember, I I, I don't even think I jumped. I was pushed. Uh, and then when I, I I finished, I was still screaming. Like after the jump was over, I was still screaming. The minute they got me off the harness, I had to pee so badly. Oh my god! <laughs> I. I ran. I mm. ran. I ran. I I walked into this restaurant. I looked at them. I said, "The hottest soup that you have." I don't even think they gathered it, but I said, "The hottest soup that you have." Right. And then I ran into the restroom, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> "I was so scared, like so right. scared." Yeah, definitely, definitely one of like the scariest things that I've done. Wow. So everybody start skydiving, start bungee jumping, and I want to be really respectful for your time. So I want to ask one last thing. Um what do you think about social media and and how do you kind of how do you how do you use it so that's beneficial for you? So I definitely use it to talk about my work. Uh I definitely do. But I think more importantly, again, the work that I associate myself with. Uh I I particularly like it for that particular reason. It kind of, you know, uh has its reach and allows itself to have a life of its own. So I really like that. But apart from that, um I am not afraid to put up like the shittiest looking pictures of mine. Uh I am not ha- I'm not afraid of saying dude, I'm having a shitty day. I'm not afraid to make a fool of myself like yesterday I had those priams on my fingertips and I ate each one of them to like the soundtrack of Mehudon <laughs> I think it's just a way of expressing yourself but uh, I think what's crucial and important is that you do not forget that you are expressing yourself in not a fake uh what is that you know a superficial version of yourself also don't i mean i'm trying to advise here nobody asked for it but i'm saying the way i would use it is uh not to use it just i have an opinion listen to me and i'm correct i i would not use it for that i i'm happy to be proved wrong i'm happy to uh be told that hey what you said there is incorrect I will apologize. Uh I will make the change in the caption like for example I put up a picture of the chakrasana which I I by mistake wrote the wrong name. And when people correct me I was happy to like you know thank the person who corrected me and changed it in the thing. Uh I don't think I'm invincible. I need to put up a fight towards something that I don't know about. Uh I'm happy to ideate. I'm happy to uh share my day but i'm also happy to hear from you and i think it's an interactive platform um uh, but considering the time that we are in right now 
uh, you wouldn't see me posting too much. I, I don't post a lot because there is nothing to post, honestly. Like the lives being lost around you. Uh, like just today on Twitter, I I posted uh, saying I'm I'm tired of saying sorry to the people I love and the people that uh, I, and the people they love, you know, who who've lost their lives. Uh, it's just that situation. It's just that. And I think if you have the courage to express that. Uh, that makes you human uh, and not a robot. And I don't think I post for other people. I think if I find myself feeling cute or feeling dumb or feeling silly, I'll still post. But that's for me, not for others. So I think that's what I use social media for. Awesome. Cobra, I want to say thank you so much, dude, for spending your hour with me. I really, really appreciate you coming thank on the you. show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I hope I was able to answer your question. Although, yeah, sometimes I do have, you know, I, I go away into my own trail and, and then I try to like oversimplify things. So then I disappear and dissipate into like the oblivion and I'm like, hey, did, did we get this? But <laughs> I love that. Least. Like that's a conversation, right? You're trying to recreate the conversation through a podcast. So that's the best way to do it. So thank you so much. And uh, I really, really appreciate your emails and don't ever, ever, ever change that. Thank you so much. You lured me into your universe. <laughs> so thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And thank you to everybody for listening. Make sure you stay tuned for the next one. See you guys. Yay! <laughs> Damn, dude. I'm so sad that conversation is over, but I absolutely loved it. And I hope you took a lot away from it. My goal is to make you the most productive version of yourself. And I think you just got one step closer to winning this game of life, dude. And on to my random tip of the week. You don't have to brush your teeth twice a day. That's some bullshit that corporations are trying to sell you so that they can sell more goddamn toothpaste. I don't brush my teeth twice a day and I've never had a damn cavity in my life. I just have to make a disclaimer that I'm not a dentist for liability purposes. Anyways, dude, make sure to smash that fucking follow button to be updated every time we interview one of India's most productive people. Also, dude, if you have anything, if you have any questions or just want to get in touch with me, reach out to me via email. I really want to hear from you. My email is armankendri14 at gmail.com. It'll also be in the show notes below. Let's get in touch. So that's it for me, boys and girls. I hope you have an incredibly productive day, month, year, life. And make sure to stay tuned for more from this podcast. Till the next one, see y'all later.